Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. From Barangaroo Studios, the AusBiz COV is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. G'day and welcome to the COB. Andrew joined by Annette. And Annette, not a bad day. I think we finished up around 0.8 of a percent. We uh, did. Now, hooray. The, well, yeah, hooray. <laughs> and hooray for many reasons because uh, one particular sector that did really well today was uh, travel. And those hospitality-related stocks well, as well. Well, they've they've unveiled the roadmaps. We we are tiptoeing. We used to tiptoe towards taper. Now we're tiptoeing to the pub. Yeah, well, because <laughs> this comes as uh, Gladys Berejiklian, in the New South Wales Premier, yeah, gave us more detail on that roadmap to reopening. Of course, the Prime Minister jumping into saying every state and territory needs to get on board. Well, that remains to be seen. But, you know, as a result, we saw the likes of Flight Centre, Qantas, Webjet, they all jumped significantly uh, because of that anticipation, of course, that, well, perhaps everyone's going to jump on a plane and actually go somewhere. Yeah, well, Qantas has been pretty proactive on that front and we were just uh, having a little laugh off screen here about how uh, Qantas has announced it will still be doing its premier flight to London, but it won't be going via Perth. It's going to be going via Darwin instead. The bottom line there being that WA is probably one of the more recalcitrant states when it comes to international travel. And let's face it, a business has to plan. So you can't blame Qantas for making that, those kind of announcements. No, well, that's right. Um, look, and um, look, another issue bubbling along still in the background is Evergrande. Um, in fact, they missed their payment, didn't they? But they've been given a grace period. Yeah, 30 days. I think it's uh, something that us economists look at, you know, 30, 90 days overdue before someone's considered to be in distress. So, yes, missed a payment. We're still waiting. I was just speaking to Quentin Webb over there at Wall Street Journal Asia. Uh, he said another payment is due this Wednesday, a different payment. So it's just ridiculous if we've got to the stage of watching um, day by day about coupon payments. But the story that uh, the Wall Street Journal broke, which I thought was interesting and what we discussed, is that Evergrande has an electric vehicles arm. Mm. And apparently they've run that just as well as a property developer (laughs) with um, stocks down 93% this year. So, uh, you know, I asked the question of are we late to the party? Because it sounds like Bonds have been assigned to practically junk, and and investors of the uh, of the EV uh, bonds and stocks have, have lost all their money. So I think we're just late to the party of uh, of this uh, so called scandal. Yeah, not a lot of cash going to that business right now. You would have thought, uh, but of course there is a lot of cash more broadly going to the EV sector, which is not a bad thing because given where oil prices and gas prices are at the moment, goodness. Uh, Look at what's going on in the UK and China with, um, you know, certainly uh, consumers in their cars queuing 
for petrol. Sure is. I haven't seen that since the 70s where you had uh, an odd or even number plate showing my age here as, as to when you could fill up. And, of course, the BBC over the weekend putting its journalists in front of closed BP service stations. There is a constraint to petrol flowing it started with a pipe in Kazakhstan and it's just flowed from there mm. with a driver's strike exacerbating all of that so I just read that Goldie's is now looking at oil back to $90 uh, a barrel it all seems to be uh, let's dust off that stagflation talk depending on um, how bearish you oh, are yeah very much so uh, because at the moment uh, yeah oil's hitting just sort of heading towards 80 in fact it's I think it's its highest level in about three years in mm. fact um, and also gas prices too um, you know, there's a, there is a shortage. And, of course, some of this, I guess, is playing out because we saw what Europe did as far as that quick pivot into renewables and there's been a shortfall as a result. Yeah, the, the trouble is then you get, you know, up there with the anti-vaxxers, you get the anti-ESG type saying, I told you so, uh, i.e. base load still needs old-fashioned cold coal and oil because I think the UK have had to fire up some old dusty power stations uh, just to get keep the lights on. But that still doesn't detract from the longer-term megatrend of renewables. But you just get hiccups like this that show that, you know, we still need good quality backup. Maybe we need to start talking about, you know, carbon capture or something just to keep the lights on for a bit longer while renewables catch, it, catch up to this global demand. And there is so much going on in China at the moment. I wish we've got that ongoing regulatory crackdown. Uh, that's mm-hmm. having really broad implications. And that's now moved to crypto. No surprise there. That was always coming. Uh, now, it- now you can't transact no. or mine a crypto. But it remains to be seen actually whether you can hold it that's a, a, bit, a bit of a grey area, I would yeah, have thought. Yeah, I, I know you had, a, you had a chat with Josh. I had a um, couple of conversations um, with Caroline at BTC. She was saying, well, yes, it started with the miners because it wasn't green enough. So that moved the miners elsewhere. And so if transactions are strictly prohibited, like it was quite strong language there that you cannot transact. But that does that just mean that companies can't offer that as a payment service? Because in the same breath, you find out that Twitter is thinking about allowing Bitcoin transactions. So does China just ban everything that it can't keep a complete control over? Yeah, and of course, you know, China, of course, not the only economy um, that's considering getting into its own crypto for obvious reasons. The Fed Reserve's still contemplating that. And, of course, that has implications to what happens to the broader crypto market at the moment with, what, 10,000-plus coins, particularly stable coins, mm-hmm. if, uh, if the central banks are getting in on the act. Yeah, it's a bit like, you know, the youngsters used to love Facebook until their grandparents are on it. So then they moved on to something else because it wasn't cool anymore. So, I, it, I mean, crypto is new to a lot of people, but, you know, there's, they've, it's actually been around for a couple of decades. I do wonder if the stuffy old central banks get a hold on it. That sort of defeats the entire purpose is crypto is meant to go around uh, the central banking sphere. So plenty of movement in this space, certainly keeping our guests talking. Okay, well, maybe you want to avoid that sector at the moment or you know, more broadly crypto. And uh, so where you're finding opportunities, well, we spoke to uh, portfolio manager at DNR Capital, uh, Scott Kelly. He's been on the hunt for sectors that he thinks look pretty attractive at the moment. Unloved is what he calls them. Oh. Um telcos and insurers uh he's seeing a lot of opportunity there um 
particularly as insurers, those premiums rising ahead of inflation. So not a bad return. I guess Ed, the only issue with uh, insurers is we, we also have floods and fires and Melbourne just had an earthquake. So um, I get, I've spoken to some investors who prefer insurers over banks just because banks are so richly valued that insurers look like um, a good option, but it's certainly not a sector without risk, shall we say. I think you've been speaking with Scott. That's exactly what he said. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, look, yeah, as I mentioned also, he's liking telcos. He just think that's a really good reopening play as well particularly once the borders are reopening, he says the demand is going to be huge for those services. You know, of course, uh, playing off the back of uh, 5G rollout at the same time. Annette, um, let's uh, look at our stock of the day. I should say stocks, stocks uh, plural, uh, because uh, Koshi came up with some of a bit of a different theme here. He's stocks, they're asking experts to suggest stocks that they would buy today to help fund their children's or grandchildren's <laughs> education costs. We won't even go into trying to buy a house. No. Let's leave it at education, leave shall it. we? So um, he asked uh, Nathan uh, Somersunderham from Deep Data Analytics and Gaurav Sodi from Intelligent Investor what their picks are. And uh, well, Nathan came up with Family Zone while Gaurav picked West Farmers. That Family Zone. Uh, I know we've spoken about this a while ago. Yep. Family Zone, it's a cybersecurity education model. The very first time when I heard about the management, I fell in love with the stock. You know, people tend to think this pandemic is going to be short term or, you know, year, two years. I think this is going to change the way we do things, uh, the way the education system works. And these guys are perfectly uh, positioned for it. The way they've segmented the market, how their product suite works through the schools to the parents. Um, I think it's a great product and it'll grow over time. And um, I think it's one of those ones that yeah. potentially at some point we're going to be talking about being taken over by one of the bigger players. I think the quality above all else that stands out here is trying to seek something that is flexible, a, a business that has an adaptable business model that isn't going to be subject to fads and failures. The the company I ultimately went for was, was West Farmers and... Um, and you think about West Farmers where it was five or six years ago, and this was a, a retailer. Um, instead of 80, 90% of its earnings came from retail. And you look where that business is now, and yes, a substantial part is retail, but it has completely changed. And my guess is is that in five years' time, or in 10 years' time, it will look um, substantially different once more. And that kind of adaptability is the kind of quality you want to look for when you're looking for a company that is going to provide um, uh, funding for a, a specific project or a specific need mm. like this. Okay, so there's two stocks to consider, but at least like, we're talking, talking long-term, aren't we, um, Annette? Because well, you and I both know that <laughs> having kids, it's we're, a long-term yeah, play. Andrew and I are uh, up to our eyeballs <laughs> in teenage expenses. I was making the joke earlier, Annette, it's not just education, <laughs> it is housing. Because if you're talking about your kids, you're thinking, how on earth are they ever going to afford a home in this country, given where prices are going right now? I know. And in, in the old days, you just say, well, try and get a usable skill that doesn't trap you to CBD because it ends up being a 
sort of virtuous cycle. You have a skill that you must be in the city to exercise it, which means you have to pay these house prices. Right, so you're advocating being a tradie and living in a caravan. Oh, look, just be, be an accountant <laughs> in the uh, in the Penfolds region of Adelaide, at least like, you know, do your hobbies as well as your skills at the same time. It's, it's a tough one and no one's going to answer that because it just feels like, as we are in this current environment, too many people have vested interest in rising house prices. It's very hard to correct. Yeah, of course, those calls to do something are growing louder and no one is really taking responsibility for it. Uh, Do you think we're going to look at any macro prudential intervention here? We got some whispers of it last week. We had the head of financial stability at RBA and she said, I'm worried that home loan growth is outstripping incomes. Uh, which of course is debt to income and we all know we're referring to debt to income ratios because in the old days you used to borrow three times your income and the recent stats are six plus Mm. up to nine. Uh, So if that to me isn't like a red flashing, easy, low-hanging fruit sort of ratio to impose. I, I don't know what is. But we're going to get a suite of, of macro indicators this week. We're going to get home loans. We're going to get credit data. We're going to get house prices. We're going to get, get lots of property talk. And whenever we get this data all at once, once a month, it starts to generate that macro prudential Uh, tightening discussion because the RBA gave us a pretty cheeky edge to his speech last week and basically said, look, I'll support the housing market, but it's not our job to cool house prices. Yeah, well, certainly uh, the heads of CBA and ANZ weighed in on that at the banking inquiry last week where they Mm. said, look, something needs to be done. Uh, Obviously, they're going to look at their own lending standards, I guess, to see whether they need to screw down on those. Yeah, well, you'd have to think, well, it, it seems strange to complain when it's like, well, you should tell your loan officers to, you know, have a look at your own debt-to-income ratios. But, yeah, I I guess someone needs to be the adult in the room and it's not going to be higher interest rates because the RBA have told us at every opportunity that house prices will not solve the problem in the next couple of years. We need something else. I guess we only have to look uh, further north. China, debt, (laughs) property... Doesn't, Unsustainable not pretty. debt, never, <laughs> never. We've we've had a few uh, interest rate cycles under our belt, Andrew, and it's never pretty. So it's uh, well, lots of things we'll be talking about this week, and property yep. will come back to the fore. All right, don't mean to end on a negative, but look, it was a positive day. There, you take that. <laughs> <laughs> if you own the banks, if you don't like your mortgage, own the banks because it was a good banking day today. And that, have a good night. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.